Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Coley. Welcome to the SVU Coven podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's funny because I was really, really tired. So I, I'm, I apologize if I'm low energy, but it, as soon as I started talking, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like got super stoked and now I feel more alive. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, speaking of, why don't we jump into our witch talk? Sounds good. So, Witch Talk is the corner of the introduction of our show where we catch up with you guys. Um, I always say it's a little redundant because Coley and I literally talk every minute of every day. Yeah. But <laughs> it's where we catch up with each other to therefore catch up with you. <laughs> um, so, I guess I'll go first. I actually have some things to say this time. Yeah. Shocking. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Friday night, my favorite drummer, Taylor Hawkins, passed away. Um, So, I've been big sad over here, but I just wanted to take a moment because I fucking love Taylor. And uh, this is a devastating loss to rock and roll to Dave Grohl. And shout out to the Foo Fighters family. I love you. Um, And this sucks, man. It sucks. I uh, went to see Joan Jett play yesterday which was amazing. Um, but she also took a minute of her show to say some words about Taylor and she got choked up and started crying. Um, so I started crying and everybody was crying and it was just like super powerful, but also wonderful and sad and all the things. Um, so that's been like a big part of my last couple days is just, if you guys follow me on social media, you know every single social media I have been spamming the Taylor content because he deserves it. Yes. Um, so uh, Foo Fighters is one of my favorite bands. I've had the pleasure of seeing them three times in my life. Um, and all three included Taylor beating the shit out of the drums. So <sighs> big sad, but you know, all, all things are going well. Otherwise, um, I'm actually in the process of packing because my brother and I move in two weeks into our new apartment. Um, so I know. So it's kind of all consuming because we're trying not to like pack everything last minute. Mm -hmm. So all day today I was packing my, my office up and we have two living rooms. So we finished packing both our living rooms today. Um, so chugging along, um, what else is going on with me? Oh, I, I still don't have my car fixed. My new car got sideswiped that I got back after my car wreck. So I have to figure that out. Um, but everything else, I guess, is good. Not much else is going on. So That's good. Yeah. What's going on with you? Well, I've had a couple more dates with Veronica. Mm-hmm. I'm Veronica, because I know you're listening. <laughs> um. And that's been going good. Um, what else is going on with me? <laughs> the school, work, life. School, work, life. Um, I got my math midterm grade back. And it's not wonderful, but it's better than it was last time I took the math midterm. So I'll take it. <laughs> Us English majors in math, man. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> oh, the one class I need to graduate, other than math, that is offered in the fall, is not being offered in the fall. What does that mean? I don't know. I have to go to advising and ask, what the heck do I do? Right, because it's usually a class that's only offered in the fall. So and you were going to take it in the fall. <laughs> oh man I remember that stuff it's never fun but I hope they may have a workaround for you or something if I can take children's literature instead of literature by women I'll be happy Mm -hmm. yeah there may be something I know right before I graduated I had registered for a class I thought I needed to graduate and then I didn't need it but I needed a different one and that one wasn't being offered So they let me use my internship that I was doing as a class credit to, like, replace it. That's good. 
Yeah, so there may be, like, they might be willing to, like, help you with a workaround or something. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, now I want to get into our corrections corner. Um, we have a correction on Noah's age. We finally nailed down how old he is um thank you to the today show for (laughs) (laughs) writing an article that includes his age um he's nine Mm -hmm. yes which is younger than i want him to be but i will take it yes (laughs) um did we also find out uh mariska's son's official age oh yes um August is not 13 like I originally said he was. Um, He is 15. But he is still a literal child. A literal child. There's no debate. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, But yeah, I was thinking about that the other day because we figured out both their actual ages. Yeah. So, the more you know. Do, do, do. (laughs) We need, like, a sting. That's just that. <laughs> um, so, the next thing I want to get into is the Twitter drama that has happened over the past week on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the liked Langson tweet. So, for those of you who don't know, you can look at people's likes on Twitter. So... Going into Marishka's likes, she liked a tweet of a gif of Sutton Foster saying, let's make it happen. That was a reply to someone saying something good about Langson. So, oh no, it was a reply to somebody putting the tweet up of Marishka saying she doesn't date lawyers, she marries them. And someone replied to it with the the gif of Sutton Foster saying, let's make it happen. And all hell broke loose on Twitter. (laughs) The Ellie and Olivia shippers lost their damn minds over this tweet. You know. Oh. Um, I also think it's hilarious because Mariska's probably just sitting there like, mm, I'm on Twitter, I'm just going to like some, you know, like just doing her normal Twitter life, yeah. not expecting anything to ever happen. And then all of a sudden she's getting tagged and mentioned like over all of this stuff, whereas she was probably just sitting there at her kitchen counter, like just <laughs> casually on Twitter, you know? Yeah. Like, I hate that, but it's kind of amusing. <laughs> it but... I get it. I get the like, ang- like the EO anger or whatever, because we we're establishing a foundation for Elliot and Olivia right now. But they've been throwing curveballs into that constantly. Yeah. So, and also, what a sweet person for her to end up with, you know? Exactly. Like, I'm not mad about it. I'm I'm with it. I'm here for EO again. Which, if you guys didn't know that we've talked about it in previous episodes that I've come back around and I'm here for the EO content but I wouldn't be mad at that yeah especially because of how cute it would be just knowing that they're filming together yes and a lot of people have an issue with seeing people who are married in real life um being shipped and I get it but like but they're so cute and adorable. Yeah, they're so cute. And they met on the show, right? Yeah. So, like, it's very full circle. And also, they're both incredible actors. They've always had good on sh- on-screen chemistry with one another. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not mad at that progression. Not at all. No. I, I'm here for EO. I'm here for EO. That's what I want. If we bring back Brian Cassidy, that's another conversation. Yeah. But... Assuming Brian is not coming back, EO is my number one. However, I'm not mad about I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. So like 
I just don't understand. I feel like the Twitter drama is just so unnecessary. It really is. And also, can we remember the golden rule of the SVU writer's room is that Olivia Benson is not allowed to be happy. So no one should even get excited about either outcome, honestly. Exactly. Exactly. So, whatever. The Twitter drama, just like... Just let people ship who they want to ship. I know. And like, you know, Mariska is also allowed to have thoughts and to like tweets. (laughs) And honestly, she probably liked it because she likes working with her husband. Right? Not saying that, you know, she necessarily wants them to go out and get married, but she likes working with her husband. And yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I also doesn't, I don't think it discounts the fact she likes working with Chris either. Yeah. Like... Uh, you know but who wouldn't want to work with their husband they're both actors like they met on the set of this very show there is like a cute there's a cute story there yeah and her son has been coming to visit her at work and then but you know like oh yeah and cut her some slack man she's 60 years old she's not 60 yet i know i just i'm rounding (laughs) (laughs) it's easier to say (laughs) but irregardless like you know like just i'm i can guarantee she didn't think twice before she liked that tweet and then everyone's like blowing up yeah like just let the woman like a tweet like it ain't that deep and not for nothing that gave lengths and shippers something to be happy about Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like we don't get that much. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Tuxin was my number one ship. But since someone made it impossible for that to happen again. <laughs> you, Peter Blonner. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. But it's just crazy. Let people ship who they want to ship. Um, let people have their five minutes of happiness because you all get so many. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. EO shippers get the most. Yeah. And, and I realize I just said I'm team EO, but it's because I came back around because if you guys don't know, we have an episode out on Chris Maloney calling him out on his bullshit. Um, there's, it's called the Maloney of it all. Go listen to it. Yeah. Chris Maloney's not my favorite human being. Um, OC is not our favorite show. No. So the EO stuff, it's more of like a nostalgia thing for me than anything else. Yeah. Um, but like, I share one tweet about Bensity and I get eviscerated over how toxic they were. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I love a toxic boy. I love a toxic boy that's softened when he falls in love. It's kind of my <laughs> MO in life as well. So Coley's laughing because she knows about the boy that I like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like a toxic boy that goes soft when he falls in love and Brian is that you know and they were yeah. really good together I'm not going to get into it right now but it's the same thing where like if I tweet something about Ben City I get eviscerated yeah. and then if you tweet anything about any ship that's not EO you get eviscerated and I think that's just not fair because um, who is the most toxic boy in all of SVU? <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> yep. Fucking Elliot Stabler, okay. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. And um honestly, it would not be like I'm here for it. I am here for it. Yes. So that said, speaking of social media, hi. Um, <laughs> this is your <laughs> reminder. That we are on Instagram, you guys, and we post on Instagram pretty regularly, mostly on our stories and mostly when we have a new episode, but we are active on there. So if you ever want to chit chat with us, if you want to be on the show, maybe ask us a question to be featured on the show, anything like that, 
you can shoot us a DM over at SVU Coven on Instagram. We will respond there. We also have a Discord server, uh, which is kind of like Skype if you're not Skype, Slack if you're familiar with that. It has multiple different channels, different chat rooms, things like that. You can talk to us about tarot, witchcraft, SVU, and everything in between we would love to have you guys join the coven if you're interested in that you can actually dm us on instagram for a link because the links do expire we have one in our bio as well over there um but it expires after seven days so if it doesn't work you can send us a dm we'll shoot you a new one you want to get in there as soon as possible and we would love to have you join the coven uh if neither of those social media realms are speaking to you in this moment. We also have an email. Coley checks it regularly, so you'll yeah. hear from them. <laughs> it's svucoven at gmail.com. If you're interested in sponsoring us or being on the show, that's a great place to reach us as well. Yes. Um, speaking of the podcast, this is your episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe or follow if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Um, rating and subscribing or following is the most important. It tells the algorithm that people are listening to us and like us um, and will recommend us to other people to have them listen. And reviewing is just really nice. Um, we lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts. We did get another review in. Did we? Not not oh <laughs> yeah um we got <laughs> one review in um at the beginning of the season we addressed it um and yeah so rate review subscribe and or follow yeah we would appreciate the energy exchange yes however it comes <laughs> um ready to jump into our self-love affirmation Let's do it. Okay, this is from the Mantra app. Um, not sponsored, but would love to be. Um, my laptop just went dark for a second. Uh, <laughs> self-love affirmation is, I am more than good enough, and I get better every day. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are not driving, I invite you to close your eyes and meditate on that for a couple minutes. Um, if you are driving or operating other forms of heavy machinery, uh, please keep your eyes open. Um, please keep breathing. <laughs> I want you to breathe. Um, yeah. And meditate on that. Um, take a few deep breaths. And yeah. Word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. You ready to get into the episode? Absolutely. Awesome. So the summary comes from IMDB. Again, not sponsored, but would love to be. Um, And it's Stigler and Benson investigate a sexual assault very similar to one they worked a year and a half ago. Whose first known victim now follows her alleged attacker and reports his activities honestly to police and the rapist's wife. So, we open at a 911 dispatch center. A man calls complaining about traffic. When the dispatcher realizes that's all he's doing, she hangs up on him and answers a call from a woman reporting a rape in progress. What was the point of including the guy calling about traffic? I just, I don't know. (laughs) Are you You asking me that? No, I'm asking the SVU writers. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I was like, what is, why? <laughs> because it gives them an extra 30 seconds of content. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, Elliot and Olivia respond to the scene where the unis are already there. Um, they, head, they hear over the radio what apartment that the victim is in, and they run up. They go inside the apartment and are told by an officer that once he started to go into the bathroom where the Vic was in the shower, she started to freak out, so he backed off. Olivia knocks on the bathroom door, 
When And when the Vic tells her not to come in, it's filthy. Olivia assures her that she's there to help. She opens the door and walks to the shower and opens the shower curtain where we see Lori, played by Stina Nielsen, hunched over, her knees to her chest as she scrubs the drain with a toothbrush. Lori says she just wants it all to go away, the stuff that he washed off her. Olivia turns off the water and assured her that it was already all washed away. Olivia manages to get Lori out of the shower and to the EMTs who start checking her wounds. Olivia steps away and they explain the MO of serial rapist Kenneth Cleary, Neil Maffin from Closure Season 1. Um, bastards at it again, Olivia. Why am I not surprised, Elliot? And then we done done. This is a good episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> and because we didn't say what the name of the episode was, this is Closure Part 2. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the part two to closure part one. <laughs> yeah. um, at the squad room, El- Olivia, Elliot, and Cragen are talking about the case. Olivia and Elliot are adamant that, that it's Kenneth Cleary. Cragen's... Cragen. Cragen. Cragen <laughs> says it's been a year since they had him in as a suspect, and it wasn't their fault that they lost him. Olivia brings Lori into the interview room. Disclosure. Um, Elliot is saying what happened to her before Lori does. And when Lori says he heard sirens, Olivia asked if she called the, the police. Um, she said no, and Elliot and Cragen realize they have a witness. Cragen tells Elliot to move slow as fast as he can. Ah, uh, hold on. I'm trying to scroll down. There we go. Ellie and Olivia go to the 911 dispatch center and get a tape of the 911 call. The call came in from a payphone on Franklin. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to the payphone and realize that they can't see into Lori's apartment from the street. They go to the apartment to see who can see into the apartment, and only two apartments across the street can see in. They go across the street to talk to Mrs. Walden, a blind woman who lives in one of the apartments with her seeing-eye dog. Olivia asks if she made the 911 call. She takes off her sunglasses and said, I'm blind, detective. (laughs) Olivia responds with a yes, ma'am, and then asks if anyone else was in the apartment with her last night. Mrs. Walden says that Billy was there, taking her dog out for the last time at night. Um, Olivia asked what time. Mrs. Walden says she doesn't know. The news was on. And when Olivia asks what news, she says the 24-hour news. Um, She tells them Billy lives in 1G. He's a doctor. And that if he's not in his apartment, he tried the roof. Olivia and Elliot talk to Billy, who isn't a doctor yet, asking if he walked Mrs. Walden's dog the night before. He says yes. He guesses at 11 o'clock, but he's so sleep and light deprived um, that time leads together. Billy says Hank, the dog, didn't bark or lunge at the woman at the payphone. He's a guide dog, so he's trained not to. And to try the newsstand on the corner. Ellie and Olivia go to the newsstand where a dog, Ginger, greets them by barking. Cute. Elliot says it must be bad for business. The newsstand owner says that she's good for theft. Um, They ask about the woman in the payphone, and he describes her as blonde, 30, in black slacks and a black sweater, but didn't get a a good look at her face, um, but noted she was wearing thong panties. Mm -hmm. He said she had a nice ass, which is more appealing to him than her face. (sighs) Men. Men. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> Olivia, Cragen, and Munch are talking about the case and Munch is on Ellie and Olivia's side that it's Kenneth Cleary Finn comes in and says immediately after the 911 call there's another call made to the Cleary residence Munch and Finn, Finn go to talk to Meredith Cleary Evie O'Rourke um, is the actress who plays her and 
she says she's been getting phone calls from the, some woman saying your husband is a rapist. And the night before, she said he's raping someone right now. Then she gives Kenneth Cleary an alibi. Back in the squad room, they go through the Cleary's phone records for the past month. And the first call came from Harker, Harper Anderson, played by Tracy Pollan. I love Harper. I do, too. And I also love Tracy. Mm-hmm. Tracy Pollan is awesome, and one of Olivia, one of Olivia, one of Marishka's close friends. Yeah. Um, Elliot says it looks like she's stalking Kenneth, and says sorry, Olivia. Um. Elliot and Olivia go to Harper's apartment, and she opens the door and says they should be at his house, Kenneth Cleary's, not hers. Um, Olivia tells her she can't stalk Cleary. Harper says she doesn't stalk him. That's illegal. She surveils from a legal distance. Olivia says playing with semantics is really dangerous right now. Elliot and Olivia walk into Harper's apartment. And she says she saw him walk into the alley. But by the time she got there, he was gone. Then she saw the fire escape. And she figured that's how he got into her apartment to rape her. Um... And that she thought about the possibility of him raping someone, then called 911. Harper didn't wait because he ran out after he heard the sirens. She considered waiting for Elliot and Olivia, but she'd already been down that road. She offers Elliot a glass of wine, which he turns down because he's working. To which Harper says, it's 6 p.m. The workday is over. Not for detectives. Nope. Um... Harper follows up with saying Kenneth Cleary is a workaholic, that he doesn't leave the office until 8, so they can chat for another hour and a half. Olivia mentions that Harper couldn't ID Cleary in a lineup and asks how she can be sure he raped her. Harper says that she was at his sentencing hearing for possession of stolen property, and when he left the court, he winked at her. Yuck. Yeah. Um, Harper asked who he raped this time, says she knew he raped someone or they wouldn't be here. Um, she asked Elliot if he wanted scotch or vodka, which he also turns down. Harper responds he doesn't, that he doesn't need to be so tense. She doesn't expect anything from them. Olivia says they did all they could, but because Harper couldn't ID him, they couldn't keep, they couldn't hold him. Um... And when Harper says you could follow him, you knew he would rape again. Olivia says that she would like to follow every man she thinks has the propensity to rape. To which Harper says she's just doing what any private investigator would do. And she doesn't need a license to do it for herself. And that his wife is enabling a rapist. When Olivia brings up that she's harassing his wife. Back in the squad room, Elliot says Harper is dangerous. Olivia says she's following Cleary because he raped her, and Cragen asks if she's really differentiating her behavior between stalking and following. Um, Olivia says that they almost caught him for Lori Thatcher's rape because of Harper. Um, that the system failed Harper, so she's working it for herself the best she can. Um, she doesn't approach him or threaten him. Cragen says Mrs. Cleary feels threatened, and Olivia says sooner or later she's going to have to face the fact that her husband's a rapist. Munch asks why she doesn't need to face it unless they can prove it. Cragen says he'd rather not have Mrs. Cleary come to that conclusion because of Harper. I think what's significant about this scene to me is that you can tell the age difference between Cragen and Munch and Olivia and Elliot here. Mm-hmm. Because the way they tackle it is very, like, stereotypical towards their age group, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cragen sends Munch and Finn to bring Harper in for a talking to and sends Elliot and Olivia to get in Cleary's face and let him know that he... that. They're on to him. Even if it doesn't lead to a case, he wants to defuse the situation before it blows up. Elliot and Olivia arrive at the Cleary's house. 
to find fires up on light poles, calling Cleary a rapist. They then find Harper and Meredith fighting because Harper is putting the flyers up around the neighborhood, and Meredith says that her son will see the flyers as Elliot pulls her away, and Harper says it's a good thing that he'll know where he came from. Kenneth, Cleary, were you going to say something? I was just, I was thinking, like, debating that because... I don't know if it's a good thing for him to know, for the son yeah. to know. Yeah. Because um, I almost feel like, to Meredith's point, he needs to be shielded from that kind of thing, especially because they haven't proven it yet. Yeah. And he's going to face a lot of scrutiny just growing up. Exactly. And so why would you want a child's life to be ruined like that prematurely? Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Um, Kenneth Cleary shows up and tries to intervene and asks how long he has to bear the brunt of Harper, quote, not taking her lithium. Um, at that point, Harper picks up a bat or a metal bar from the trash and hits Kenneth's car's windshield with it. Olivia tells her to stop and to not make her Olivia cuff her, Harper. Harper says, great, arrest me, not the rapist, and gets in Cleary's face. We go to the to Alex's office, and Alex asks if they have any more on the Lori Thatcher rape. Elliot says she could do a voice ID, but Cleary is coming in on his own, and they need probable cause. Olivia says Harper can place Cleary coming out of Lori's building, and Alex reminds her that her building is not her apartment and says after the stunt she pulled with Kenneth's car, she's zero as a witness. Cragen replies with the fact that Harper is stalking Cleary and Olivia says she's just taking control of her own life, but Elliot is not having it. Olivia says as long as Cleary is out there, so is his next victim. Alex says he'll stay out there until they can make a case. Olivia says they need to pick up where Harper left off. Cragen is all for that, but he can't authorize overtime for following Cleary. Olivia points out that no one is asking for it. Cragen asks if Cabot is on board, and she says she'll field any motion he files as long as they don't interfere with his daily life. Ellie and Olivia go to talk to Cleary's boss about him, asking him about what he's worked with and what he's like as a person after telling him they're investigating a serial rapist. Um, the boss asks if Cleary was involved in a rape. His boss says he's a workaholic, that he's there when the boss arrives and then when the boss leaves. Um, says that He's been working in Philadelphia to open a branch there, and he spends half his time there. They ask to see his travel records. Cleary comes out to talk to Elliot as he's eating lunch and says that his boss will live with a misdemeanor conviction. Elliot asks if he'd live with a rapist. <laughs> um, Cleary says that Cleary says from one hungry guy to another um, that there's nothing better than a fresh cop meal. Ew. Yuck. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. And Elliot grabs him by the shirt and tells him he won't be eating out anymore. Um, Munch found three rapes matching Cleary's M.O. in Philadelphia. And he was there for all three rapes. Cragen sends Munch to Philadelphia the same day as Cleary, which is the day after, um, to interview the victims face-to-face. Says he doesn't trust Philadelphia SVU because they're under investigation for, like, saying that rapes are unfounded when they're not. Mm. Yeah. Um, Munch and Finn meet Cleary outside Penn Station and reveal that they're on the same train to Philadelphia. Cleary asks Finn who he is, and Finn says, I'm the knot in the pit of your stomach. I love that. I included that because I love it too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Cleary says he doesn't mind the company or the attention. And after Munch, what? Oh, and after Munch says, so there's no need to ask if this is how you like it. He walks into the building. Okay. You know, whenever I hear the phrase, is this how you like it? I just think of this episode and yeah. part one. Yeah. Like, I, it's what I hear in my head, even if it's like someone just asking, you know, like I, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Elliot gets a fax from Munch in Philadelphia of a list of stolen jewelry that he plans to show to Meredith Cleary to see if she has any as a Hail Mary, but won't ask her about her husband or his rapes. They've run out of next moves to do. While Elliot does that, Olivia is going to meet Harper at a firing range. She's permitted. Permitted. There we go. <laughs> I realize that the inflection there changes the meaning of the word. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Munch and Finn are in Philadelphia at Philly SVU and are hearing the stories of the three Philadelphia victims, and they're all fitting in with Kenneth Cleary's M.O. Elliot goes to the Cleary residence to talk to Meredith about jewelry she may have. Elliot explains the concept of trophies to Meredith, that um, serial rapists will often take something from their victims as a trophy, so that when they look at it, they can relive the rape and get excited about it. Um, he leaves her with the list of stolen jewelry and promises not to bother her again. So we flash to Harper and Olivia at the shooting range. Harper is firing at the piece of paper or whatever it is with the outline of a man. It's like a big poster. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've never been to a shooting range, so I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um... And Olivia compliments her on her grouping and asks what she's using. Harper describes the gun and then mentions she's using a 14-round clip, which Olivia tells her is illegal. Um, Harper takes the clip out of the gun and gives it to Olivia, saying she didn't know it was illegal. Um, mm -hmm. Olivia, yeah. <laughs> Olivia mentions that the gun is pretty extreme and that it's practically an assault rifle. Um... Harper then explains that she's not interested in revenge or justice and that she follows Cleary because she's afraid of him. And if she can overcome that fear, she'll have her life back completely. Olivia asks if she wants to go get a drink. They walk back to Harper's apartment, probably to put the gun away. Um, um, and they're deciding where they want to go for a drink, and they see Meredith Cleary on Harper's stoop. You know what's funny about that scene is I'm fully aware that, like, every time I watch this episode, I'm aware that they're going back to Harper's apartment. And I always think that Meredith was just casually around, and they just, like, bumped into each other. But mm -hmm. then, and I do it every time. But she was totally there waiting to talk to them. But in my yeah. head, I'm like, huh, what a coincidence that she just happens to be there. Yeah. And, <laughs> but it's not. It was intentional. Exactly. <laughs> but I just, for whatever reason, my brain's like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Um, You're not stupid. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> Meredith says that she was just writing a note to Harper and that she was sorry for what happened to her. Harper said that Meredith didn't do it, that her husband did. Meredith says that Harper said she was enabling a rapist and Harper says she shouldn't have. Meredith says she feels guilty in response to what her husband did. Olivia asked why she changed her mind and she pulls a zip book out of jewelry. The jewelry. The jewelry. <laughs> Um, Meredith is in, inter in an interview room, um, and says that her husband surprised her with his no patient gifts, um, were romantic, pieces of jewelry matched the victim's jewelry that were stolen, um, 
the others were given to her in the same way, and Meredith doesn't want them. Olivia asks her if he ever told her how she came into the how he came into possession of the jewelry, but Alex tells her not to answer as it violates spousal privilege. Meredith then calls Kenneth to come home immediately and says he's on the next train home. Cleary is being followed by Munch and Finn and says he can't tolerate them following him anymore. It'd be fine if they were just following him, but they made his wife hysterical and they'll pay for that. He's calling his lawyer and the police commissioner. Ellie and Olivia show up and Munch says he should just stick with his lawyer for now. Elliot and Olivia place him under arrest. Cleary is in a lineup with Lori and one of the Philadelphia victims making a voice ID. Both identify Cleary. At the arraignment, Alex requests remand without bail, but winds up settling for 500000 and the judge doubles that. Now, it's also important to realize that there's a 10% rule for bail, so... For a $500,000 bail, he would only have to put up 50000 mm. For a million-dollar bail, he has to put up 100000 Gotcha. Um, Harper and Meredith follow Alex out, and Alex says Meredith shouldn't be there. She's her witness. And Meredith said she thought she there was a chance she was wrong, but she saw how Kenneth looked at Harper, and she knew. Alex said she needed to get together with Meredith to prep her. Meredith says she's staying with, with family on Long Island and asks Alex if she has, she knows a good divorce lawyer. Word. There you go. <laughs> um, one of Kenneth's attorneys, Mr. Klein, Ned Eisenberg, rest in peace. Sad. Yes. Um, and Harper introduces herself and says that his client raped her and that he's going to burn in hell. Mr. Klein says he's Jewish and that there is no hell and then goes to speak with Alex. What a bomb to drop and just walk away. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, Klein and Alex are in judges' chambers. Klein filed a number of motions one, to exclude the jewelry under the guise of spousal privilege. The judge rules the jewelry can be talked about, but only the receipt of the jewelry and by whom. Um, the next motion is to suppress the voice ID, and the judge says that Klein will have the chance to undermine the ID during cross. Um, during the trial, Alex asks Lori if she identified her rapist, Schoenfeld, played by Rob Bartlett, um, plays a voice recording of one of Lori's co-workers, and she couldn't identify his voice. Alex objects, and the objection is sustained. Can I say, in this season, we're seeing a lot more courtroom work than we have in season one. I think it's because we have a consistent ADA. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Everything's better with Cabot around. Yes. <laughs> um, Alex is prepping Meredith, who doesn't understand why she's only asking about how she came into possession of the jewelry and nothing else. Alex says she can't ask anything else. Communication between spouses is privileged. Um, Alex actually said between a husband and a wife, but I changed it to spouses to make it more inclusive. Word. <laughs> Um, Meredith asks if she's going to ask how excited he got when she wore them and how he insisted she wear them before they had sex. Alex says she can't, that she wished she could, but she's not allowed. Olivia explains that the jewelry is important, so he can't hide behind a story of him buying swag on Canal Street. And yes, she actually uses the word swag. We love that dated reference. <laughs> like. <Yeah. laughs> Um, Meredith says he wants joint custody of their son and Olivia assures her he won't get it Alex says for now just to focus on one thing at a time at trial um, Alex asks Meredith how she came into possession of the garnet necklace 
She said that her husband gave it to her on September 6th, their son's first day of kindergarten, in response to an objection that she couldn't possibly remember the date of every gift she's ever got. Alex asks Meredith about a ring that was in her possession, and Meredith goes off the rails saying that she had to ha- that Kenneth had to have sex with her once she tried the ring on, and if she wouldn't have sex with him, he'd masturbate. And she said he was sick for making her wear his trophy so he could get off. A mistrial is granted. The judge tells Alex that she holds her responsible for the mistrial. Which, I mean, to be fair, was on Meredith. She knew. Yeah. But I also understand why the judge said that Alex was responsible for it. Because Meredith was her witness and she prepped her. Yeah. So, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex goes to Cragen's office where he pours her a glass of vodka. When she questions whether Cragen's going to have any, he simply says, AA. Mm-hmm. Um, it always, like, boggles my mind, though, that he's in AA and he keeps vodka in his desk. I think it's like it gives it gives him his power back. If he can keep it there and say no to it consistently and pour it for other people in front of himself and still say no to it, he knows that he's doing okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess. Um, Cragen asks how Alex is holding up. She says she felt like she was 10 years old getting yelled at for playing in her mother's makeup. Hmm. Yeah. Cragen gets a call and says they'll be right there. Ellie and Olivia respond to the scene. And it's actually Elliot, Olivia, Cragen, and Alex who respond to the scene. Um, And see Kenneth Cleary dead. Meredith said he was hitting her and wouldn't stop. Harper says Meredith had no choice. Olivia asked who tried to clean up, and Harper says she did. Asked if that makes a difference. And Olivia says she knows it does. Bleach messes up the gunshot residue test. Elliot asks who shot him. And Meredith says she did. And then there's a look on Harper's face of... You'll never get me. Kind of... Smugness. Yeah, and it almost reminds me of the very first episode of SVU. Where we discuss, like... The victims killing their rapists. Yeah. And, like... If it's ethical, like, if you should arrest them, like, all of that stuff. It gives me the same energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we dick wolf. We dick wolf. We got through that episode quick. We did. It's a good one, though. It is a good one. I, I said it before when we covered the first part, but Harper is one of my favorite uh, characters. Yeah. And, you know, we end up with Kenneth being dead. And he can't hurt anyone anymore. Yeah. Um, but it also means that Harper can't come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, while Coley is shuffling her cards for her reading, I will uh, remind you guys once again that we are on social media. So follow us on Instagram at SVU Coven. You'll find all the good, good stuff there. Uh, We also have a Discord server where we're very active and intimate and chatting over there. So feel free to join that. You can find it through the link in our Instagram bio or via Instagram DM. The link does expire after seven days. So you want to make sure you get in there and grab that from us. If neither of those mediums are speaking to you at the moment, uh, you can always send us an email. Especially if you want to sponsor the show, we would love to have more sponsors. Uh, or if you want to be on the show, we would love to have a guest, any kind of guest. Uh, all of that, you can email to us at svucoven at gmail.com. Or if you just want to chat and you don't have Instagram or Discord, that's cool too. How are, awesome. you, are you ready to go? I am. Cool. So I'm using my literary witches oracle deck again um, because I just love it. (laughs) And we had a jumper, so I pulled that one. And it is one of the witches, Sandra Cisneros. Cisneros? Mm -hmm. 
um, who represents the body, um, joys of the body, sorrows of the body, and the senses. Um, it doesn't really have like a description of what else it stand, what else it means. Um, it just has a little bio of Sandra. So I think this one works for this episode because, um, like in the first couple minutes of the the show, we see Lori, um, sitting in the shower, um, and it represents the sorrows of the body. So I think it fits for that. It's a good one for SVU as a whole too. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of themes around losing the power that you have in your own skin and having to find it again. Um, and I think that very much has to do with the body. Right. And, uh, especially with Harper in general. Yeah. Yeah. The cards never lie. Exactly. (laughs) So this is, um, another reminder to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. Um, rating and subscribing or following are the most important because it the, tells the algorithm that people are listening to us and they like us and um, they will then recommend us to other people. Um, reviewing is just very nice. Um, and... We lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts, so we appreciate the energy exchange um, in whatever form it comes. Word, word, word. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's our episode, huh? That's our episode. Flew by. It really did. (laughs) I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to go that fast either. That was seven pages of notes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, six and a half, but still. Maybe we just didn't go on a tangent very much this time. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> Sometimes we, did. we do. <laughs> yeah. We did kind of at the beginning, but, like, once we got started on the actual episode, we didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're still listening, head over to our Instagram at Coven and drop your favorite emoji in our most recent post. Yes. That's fun. That's a fun game. well that's our show that's our show all right well i love you i love you too blessed be blessed be